0: Well, Kansas City is on top of the world again. After last weekend, I don't think that anyone can deny that we have the best barbecue in the world. Yeah, that's right. Get behind us, Texas, with your very tasty brisket. Or South Carolina with your, again, very tasty pulled pork. Yes, it's all good, but the sauce is the boss. Yeah, in a called KC Masterpiece for nothing. Well, speaking of a KC Masterpiece, the Chiefs, are Super Bowl champs, which means, well, actually, it means nothing. I mean, I believe the Rams were Super Bowl champs a year ago, and the next thing you know, the following season, they are starting Baker Mayfield. But hey, for the moment, and we can live in the moment, uh, the sauce is the boss. That means Travis Kelsey will be bringing home the sauce to his family's Thanksgiving dinner, and the Chiefs are world champs. Also in the news this last week, the NCAA v. Johnson case was argued before the Third Circuit. Now, the issue was whether athletes are employees of the university and should be paid a fair wage, according to the FLSA. Now, I don't know if they are employees, but I do know, let's see, they get their own parking spaces, they have set times to clock in and clock out, and they have to wear those silly uniforms. Yeah, McDonald's employees everywhere are saying, that's us, we are the same as collegiate athletes. Well, finally a couple went to Starbucks and ordered two cups of coffee and they were charged $4,500. I, I, I know what you're thinking. Uh, no, not even paying $4,500 for your cup of coffee will result in them getting your name correct on your cup. Hey, Chris not gonna unpack all of these stories and more in this week's debriefing of the law. Welcome to this week's edition of Debriefing the Law. I am Joel Oster. Chris Marone. And today, Chris, is a fair to say it's celebration podcast time. (laughs) This is the podcast to celebrate. It is. It is. Congratulations. I don't see
1: your cheese helmet here in the background anymore, and that just made me sad.
0: Oh my, what well is because I actually took it to a recent CLE with my Chiefs mug and I lost it at the. But I'm going to go back there to South Carolina this week. I'm going to pick it up. But no, this is the time to celebrate because we are Super Bowl champions. I had to mm-hmm. wait 50 years my entire life before we won a Super Bowl number one only had to wait a short three years till Super Bowl number two. Uh, and so, hey, let's, I know we got a lot a lot, a lot to talk about, but I just got to talk a little bit about this wonderful game. So, Chris, what are your thoughts about the game? Look,
1: Mahomes did well. I felt it was a hard-fought game. I'm disappointed in the ending. Not that the Chiefs won, but that holding call was, was a bit rough. And I'm not saying the Eagles would have won. I want to put that out there. I still think the Chiefs would have won. We just don't know. And so, All right, you
0: want to go there? You want to start off by jumping right into the holding call? I well, get that. My first thought was this was Patrick Mahomes is now a ride, but I, you want to go to the negatives? Let's right. go to the negative here. No,
1: <laughs> I mean, look, look. I, I guarantee this is a couple of positives. I'll take off it. Not not counting the holding call. One, it is hard to question that Andy Reid is the best coach in the NFL, surpassing Bill Belichick just on a numbers game. He took oh, an AFC. Amazing. He took an AFC team five times to to championships and Super Bowls. Now he's taken and he's taken an NFC to five championships. He can he can he can handle his business. It is clear to say that Andy Reid is one of the greatest coaches of all times.
0: Absolutely. One of the greatest. In fact, the, the the two touchdown passes there in the fourth quarter when the yep. receivers were so wide right open. Up. Andy yeah, Both of those were plays that he drew up last summer. They did not use them at all this year. They were just doing set-up plays yep. because he knew at the right moment he was going to pull because he knew that those uh, defensive backs were overplaying that slant. Mm-hmm. So the more that that guy went into motion, the more they were going to try to cheat, and they would do the all-season, all-game for yeah. just the right moment where they he had did. to make those the play call. They did it twice in a row. I mean, one was a variation of the other. Right? And yeah, You could not get two more wide-open receivers for touchdown passes. Mm-hmm. It almost kind of goes against Patrick Mahomes' legacy that – they were that easy. I mean, right. I, Chris, I think I could have thrown that pass. I mean, Dude, they were that us, wide open.
1: Not only could you have thrown that pass, Joel, you could have caught that pass and ran it into the end zone.
0: Right? And that's so, how wide open. That's a yeah. great game plan. Right. Great play call. Uh, and right. so, yeah, but no, I get it. You want to start with a negative. So I'm not let, starting it with the negative. Let's I'm, go ahead and let's play this thing. What you're referring to here is at the end of the game, the Chiefs <laughs> had the ball. It was tied. 35 to 35 you can see it there on your screen well let's just go ahead and play what happened Mahomes yep. pressure
1: lofting one end zone incomplete uh-huh. juju smith schuster couldn't catch up there's a flag at the 10 hang on there's a penalty it's a hold it's it's it is a hold but they've been doing that all game
0: okay so question is Was it a hold? Well, you know what? For those of you wondering if it was a hold, let's just watch this next part of this video and see how blatant the hold was.
1: Joel, we can't see that in our screen. Just as a heads up.
0: No. No. There you go. I mean, come on. That's a Valentine's Day hold right there. That is almost intimate. Uh, So (laughs) let's unpack that. You're, it is a hold. I'm not saying it's not, not a hold. only was it a hold. It was it cost him from being wide open because you saw the two previous plays where I just talked about where they the the receiver went in on a hard uh, motion, put the brakes on, went back the opposite direction, wide open touchdown passes. This is a similar thing. The guy was made the cut in order to avoid him being wide open. He had to grab him and pull him. There were two holes on this play.
1: Yeah, Joel. I'm not I'm not fighting you that it was a hold. I'm fighting you that the refs haven't been calling that hold most of the game All and right. they and they sh- they, they waited until there was 1 minute and 48 seconds left to call that hold which changed the possible outcome of the game. I'm I get just, that. I'm I'm not saying anything against the Chiefs or against the Eagles. What I am saying against and you and I have been in agreement on this for years is that the refs are bad.
0: Yes, but you know how bad they were in this game, and that is because uh, I um, uh, watched all kinds of you know um, oh, yeah, the sports shows this week talking about it. It's all they want to talk about was this play, uh, and we're going to get the, the fact there were some other plays in this game as well, mm-hmm. but as proof that they're saying, look, they, they called the game the same way all game long, and so they should have allowed for this other holding call at the end of the game. But every clip that they I saw this week, like on Skip and Shannon, where they were mm-hmm. talking about this, Every clip they showed of a previous hold was where the Eagles were holding the Chiefs receiver. So all I got from that was, guys, you got to cheat to beat us? No, we no. got to draw the line somewhere. No, You've no. been doing it all game long. No more. This is the most important part of the game. And so uh, well, no, I mentioned earlier that <laughs> this was um, only one play of the game. There was another play quite pivotal game uh, play in this game let's watch that one this is going to be earlier in the game so if you can see here and i know chris you probably can't see it but the uh, our listeners our viewers actually will be able to see this the eagles have the ball and they are going to throw the ball to their receiver and let's see what happens how it holds up here in the second half this hurts on first down gets out to the sanders ball comes loose no signal picked up again by bolt moves in for the touchdown right. they threw yeah. the ball to their receiver he caught it allegedly allegedly and then was immediately hit thumb of yeah. the ball scoop and score great defensive play yeah. hold on they're gonna have to do an instant replay and so let's watch this in slow motion
1: well let's take a look here kb it looked yeah. pretty bang bang so he clears it clearly catches it i think that ball is incomplete mike pereira sitting off
0: wow to my right it, side he's signaling that's incomplete. a catch no i'm i'm agreeing with you because I, I don't know what to say that was a catch i mean when yeah. you see it sometimes when you get lawyers involved and these officials are the lawyers there you know the judicial system there on the, the football field and they micro analyze everything then they say oh no maybe it wasn't a catch he caught the ball. He put two feet on the ground. Even on third one was bound ready to be on the ground. It mm-hmm. clearly was possession. It was a football move. He was turning. I don't see how that's not a catch.
1: No, it was totally a catch. And it was totally called back. And that was totally in favor of the Eagles. Cause that would have again turned the tide of the whole game and it wouldn't have been as close as it was. It was a hundred percent a catch and a hundred percent defense by the the uh the Chiefs. Like I was I was watching it. No, you have no fight for me on that. And look, look with the holding call at the end of the game, I'm not saying that the Chiefs didn't blow a 10-point victory and completely lose. There could have been one of 100 other plays they could have done to, to secure a victory. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying you shouldn't have called the hold. And I'm also saying that this was a
0: catch and a fumble. Well, let, let's talk about I have one more take on, uh-huh. on this holding call, if you will. Yes. Uh, and, and that is this. If... The um, the Eagles had not held the Chiefs receiver. Mm-hmm. He was going to be wide open. Mm-hmm. He was going to walk it in for a touchdown. Do you know what right. that means? The Eagles would have won the game. I did not stutter. I said the Eagles would have won that game because of the if time. The, he had not held. Do you, do you know what, where I'm going with this? Right, because
1: they would have been able to march it back downfield, score and do Jalen Hurts doing Jalen Hurts thing.
0: Yeah, not only would they have gone down and scored, but it would have been at the end of the game. Chiefs defense is yeah. really not that good. They would have probably let them go down and score. I do know right. there's a shot, maybe a fumble, or whatever, mm-hmm. but come on. They're gonna score. Jalen right. Hurts was on fire this game. And now, Chris, let me just put it on you. Let's right. say that you are the coach of the Eagles. You had just scored a touchdown. There is only a couple seconds left on the clock. Would you want to kick the extra point and go into overtime? Where Never. it's both teams are gonna get a possession. Or do you end it right then and there? You run a two-point conversion with Jalen Hurst. You do your whole, hey, let's just get everyone lined up and do a quarterback sneak from the 50-yard line. I probably could, but you get the idea. What would you do?
1: No, 100%. Absolutely. Yeah, you, you, you do the hold. You do the hold all day, every day. You keep you, them to the three-point conversion. Like, you you do it all day. It's, it's not that it's not a smart
0: move. You, you would have gone for the two-point conversion. You would have gone yeah. for the win right then and there, right? right? Yeah, so if that if that holding call had not had happened, I believe the Philadelphia Eagles would have won that game because they would have marched down, they would have scored the right. tying touchdown, and they would have scored went for a two point conversion, which the Chiefs were not stopping. And right. I think At every all. single fourth which down Jaylen play. Did.
1: Yeah, which Jalen did. He already did a two point conversion in that game, and he was like he was five for five on fourth down conversions when he went for him.
0: Absolutely, and so uh, yeah. I, I think if that holding call had not had happened, so if the if the the defender just you know you burn me, I'm gonna let you go ahead and go, boom, that would have been a touchdown, right. which is what had tried to happen the very next play. And so my MVP of the game is not yes. Patrick Mahomes, no. it is McKinnon number the one. Selfless,
1: selfless. Yeah, act. So it's,
0: brilliant move. Brilliant move. We were you thinking he was gonna score there. No, no, because.
1: Scratch that. I was 50-50. I didn't think he was going to score because he has enough football acumen to understand that scoring would have given the Eagles a much longer time to be able to move downfield than knowing his defense. But at the same time, man, that's hard. That is hard not to pass up scoring a touchdown in a Super Bowl. The touchdown that wins you the game. Yes, a Super Super Bowl Bowl. touchdown he gave up. Yeah, right.
0: Yeah, amazing play this
1: seen. I've seen a bunch of talking heads explaining about how mckinnon should like do a national circuit and talk to kids about what it means to be selfless on a team and be able to use that as an object lesson of i could have like i was there there was no one else around me i could have walked he's like i could have army crawled into the touchdown there was no one else around me but i knew the 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 winning strategy was to burn the clock
0: well, I am still in celebration mode. I cannot believe should, yeah. Andy Reid led the team, was brilliant with clock management at the end of the game, yes. and we won that game on a last-second field goal. Brilliant play, and yes, I know there's all kinds of of, um, of you know issues there with with holding mm. calls. Should not have been a holding call, but still, Patrick Mahomes probably played the worst possible setup of a game he could have. What I mean by that was he, he, we hardly ever had the ball. First half, I think we only had the ball for just a I mean, I, I forget now the, the numbers, but it was not even close. The Eagles had the ball almost twice as much as what the Chiefs did during that mm-hmm. first half. One of the reasons was, was we did do a scoop and score when Jalen Hurts just dropped the ball for some yep. reason, and we scooped it up and scored. So our offense was off the field for two straight possessions. We also had a couple of three and outs. And so he wasn't on the field I think he only had like 180 yards passing for the game. Yeah. So it, th- that's kind of hard to kind of get in gear when you're never really on the field. And But when he was on the field that second half, man, oh, they were on fire. All fire. right, Chris, I I forgot to mention the most important thing, and maybe I should have let off with this. <laughs> I don't know. But it's in my notes here, so I got to cover it. Yep, You and I nailed that. I mean, we oh, both made a prediction favorite. last week. Not, we, don't even, we didn't even make a prediction. We were cocky about it. We said, I don't understand what the national media is thinking. Why are the Chiefs not favored? Exactly. And the reasons we gave were spot on. In other words, yep. we said, hey, look at the big games. They're always closely fought. And so who usually wins these big games? Experience. It's the quarterback coach combination. Yep. Whoever has the the advantage when it comes to the better quarterback and the better coach, they're the ones that win those big games. Chris, can we pat ourselves on the back
1: a little bit? I enjoy that. I enjoy that. Okay. After my after my abysmal record of betting this season, I just like to know that I took home the big game.
0: That's it. We ended,
1: right? Yes. I could be a Tom. I could be a Tom Brady, right? I can go. I can go. You know. Under 500 for the season, but still win the big game. I'm there with this.
0: Well, you know, it was in your backyard. Kudos to you. You're a great host there. Uh, And so, hey, you know what? Uh, The next issue is, are the Chiefs a dynasty here? I I like Patrick Mahomes' response, which was, we're still playing. You don't call yourself a dynasty while you're still playing. That being said... Clearly, this is a dynasty. I, mean, I don't know. I mean, five years in a row in an AFC championship game, three Super Bowls, two Super Bowl wins. I don't know. How much success do you have to have before you call yourself a dynasty? Clearly, we're in the middle of it. I guess if we're just done here and we never make another Super Bowl, that might yeah. be an interesting issue. I don't know. But any thoughts on are we a dynasty yet?
1: I think I think the talk can be there. Again, I don't like assigning dynasties until it's done,
0: right? right? I agree. Because
1: Because dynasty means you're at the top and that there's only one place to go. I still think that the Chiefs have a lot of improvement they can do. Yes, they're world champions. I'm not taking anything away from that. But let's look at the Chiefs' defense, right? Let's look at some of the, the problems that were happening, what they were allowing with Jalen Hurts. I mean, everybody and their brother knew that Jalen Hurts was going to sneak every single fourth down, and they could not stop him at all. So, yeah, we could we could talk Dynasty. We could talk about how they're, they're becoming the big boys on the block. But let's also look at their road. Like, it was a tough win against the Bengals, right? That was a hope and a prayer for you, if I remember correctly, is that you did not want to face the Bills and the Bengals because you didn't think the Chiefs were going to be able to do it. So I think a Dynasty team is a team that you can say, without a doubt, is going to dominate every time.
0: You know what, and that, that could actually is a really year. good point. That's yeah. a good point. And you are right. I, I feared the Patriots. I knew the Patriots were going to win. They were the better team. The San Francisco right. 49ers, they were the better team. The Dallas Cowboys, they were the best team in football. I, they, Actually, that is a really good point. The Chiefs, right. no. I mean, I, if we played Cincinnati, I'm not sure who right. would win that game. If we played Buffalo, flip a coin. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. So you're right. And from that perspective, maybe we're not a dynasty team maybe we're just a team that's playing really well and Mm -hmm. firing on all cylinders i don't know i do know this we are poised to make a run let's look at what happened to philadelphia right after the game let's look at what happened to kansas city right after the game all right so philadelphia right after the game I believe twenty-three of their main players are are going to be up for a free agency. Yep. They might lose like uh, that's almost half their team. They, they're right. going to lose half of their team. All right, we got that. Secondly, they're going to have to pay their quarterback a ton of money, so they got to replace all right. of these star players that are leaving, and pay their quarterback. All right, that's all problematic. But here, their offensive coordinator and, and- their defensive coordinator were gone by day two they both yeah. had taken head coaching jobs somewhere else thinking you're neck of the woods yep and yeah right the lombardi trophy hadn't even made it out of phoenix yet
1: and the offensive and defensive coordinators for the eagles were announcing their head coaching positions which good for them right good 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 on them like welcome welcome to arizona buddy um i sure hope you don't like winning
0: i, I feel bad for the who, who got the job uh, for the, the cardinals
1: Uh, It was the defensive coordinator. I can't think of his name off the top of my head.
0: So, great job there. I mean, he did. That defense was apparently the number one defense in the NFL, though the Chiefs kind of ran over them. But still.
1: It was Jonathan Gannon. That's who it was.
0: That's right. Gannon. uh, A very young guy. And so, he won. Uh, he, he crafted this defense to be one of the top mm-hmm. defenses in in the NFL. Yep. Uh, the number one rated, of course, it was against a very weakened NFC schedule. But still, that being said, yep. they lost both their offensive and their defensive coordinators. Meanwhile, the Chiefs, our defensive coordinator Steve Spagnuolo, has a, I think eleven and forty record as a head coach. He ain't going anywhere. No way. Uh, let's just face it. We have a great defensive coordinator because he would be a horrible head coach, was a horrible head coach, and so he is going nowhere. Our offensive uh, offensive coordinator, well, let, let's be frank. It's Andy Reid. We're not losing Andy Reid. Eric Bieniemy right. is our offensive coordinator, but unfortunately he can't get a head coaching job either because the assumption is, yeah, uh, Bieniemy, the Chiefs are doing good on offense, but we're going to put you like fourth on the list as to reasons why Andy Reid is one, Mahomes is two, probably Kelsey three. And yeah. then maybe, the, you know, it's right. probably not fair for Eric D'Anony, but it is what it is. He right. has to get out of Andy Reid's shadow. But yep. even if he leaves and goes somewhere else, the, the Chiefs still have Andy Reid. And right. so they're still going to be able to have a great offense because that is just who he is.
1: Yeah. No, I'm, I'm there's no fighting you on that one. There's. The Chiefs aren't going to break up. The Eagles are going to break up hard. The NFC is already breaking up, right, with Brady's retirement. We don't know what the Niners' situation is going to be like um, with what our revolving quarterbacks are going to be. Um, Geno Smith is up in the air on whether or not he returns to Seattle. Like, who? where's Derek Carr going? So that's going to be another issue. He may jump over to the NFC from from the Raiders. He was released yesterday. Um, We also have... Where's where's Lamar Jackson going? Is he gonna jump over to the NFC? Like what? So there's so much uncertainty on the NFC side that AFC is gonna be it's gonna be a fight. And you're gonna tell you right now, it's gonna be Buffalo, it's gonna be Cincinnati, uh Jacksonville's gonna up and come, and it's gonna be the Chiefs and that's what you're gonna fight out for the next couple of years.
0: There you go. Because your teams so he- are set. You know what? We are not done with courtroom quarterback. We will continue no, yeah, with that through that. baseball. Oh, we got basketball season next. And my uh, KU Jayhawks. And then we have some baseball. You believe you're a Giants fan. So we, we yep. have a lot of sports to uncover. But we got to get back to talking law. So to, to help yep. make this segue a little bit more easier for us. Because I know we we prefer to talk football. But we are we are lawyers. And this is a legal podcast. So let's talk about law. And sports, and next, and so uh, the it. first case I want to talk about here, legal matter, is is Johnson v. NCAA. Because you yes. know, Chris, I can't stand the NCAA. I think right? they are are they're the criminals. What they are? I mean, they they are violating antitrust laws. They are taking advantage of of kids. Thirteenth Amendment. I don't like Thirteenth yeah. Amendment. Come on, guys. Come on. I do not like the NCAA. And so whenever you have a lawsuit against the ncaa i gotta get a little giddy i I just like to see these lawsuits against the ncaa i don't know why that is but that being said we i found this lawsuit this week is being argued in the um the the third circuit court of appeals. So yep. for you non-lawyers there in the federal court system, you have your district courts where which is where you file lawsuits. You then have your Supreme Court, that's the big boys and the girls mm-hmm. there in DC. There's one layer in between the appellate level. Those are called our circuit courts of appeals. And I believe there's 14 of them. And uh, and so this is the third circuit court of appeals. And the NCAA v. Johnson case was argued this week over this issue, Chris. And I gotta admit, when I first heard this issue, I was kind of fascinated by it. So let's mm-hmm. unpack the legal issue behind it. Here, This is the, the issue. Are athletes uh, at universities, are they uh, employees? Yeah.
1: What do you think? And, and, Be- and the answer is yes. Look, you think I, so? I am a firm believer that if um, the highest paid person at your university, including the one that I work at, if the highest paid person at your university is a sports coach of some sort you don't have a university you have a sports franchise that dabbles in education and so if you have a sports franchise that dabbles in education you cannot barter someone's education as payment under 13th amendment I don't think for a second that at any point college players that in turn are making universities hundreds of millions of dollars every year. Actually, I don't care if you are a college player and you're making the university zero dollars every year. You are still, the university is getting a greater benefit from you playing in that sport than you are.
0: But let's unpack this. You know, obviously it's a big deal because Huge. if you are an employee, then there's going to be a FLSA, uh, Fair Labor Standards Act, I believe. Mm-hmm. That provides that you, you I'm sure you've for anyone, you know this. Yeah, you, you gotta Basic get paid wage. a minimum wage and you gotta get paid overtime, get all these benefits right. if you are an employee. But we don't want to get so wrapped up in that thought that we also realize you can't also be volunteers. Volunteers, that is a real thing. It's not like business can't accept volunteers. Right. And so the issue is well. How do you determine if someone is is an employee? Well, the the FLSA definition of employee is exceedingly broad, uh, but it does have its limits. So I found a case from 2019 that provide a little bit of context here for us, and this is what it said when trying to define whether or not a person is an employee. First of all, what you do is you go to the economic realities of the arrangement. Let's look at this. Is there an expectation of compensation here? So do you think you're actually going to get paid? Or do you think you are volunteering your services? Does this entity that you are suing? Do they have the ability to hire you mm-hmm. and fire you? Because, yeah. you know, that's normally what we associate right. in an employment uh, situation. Uh, and then um, also, is there any evidence that they create this volunteer or whatever its arrangement is as a way to get around the law, do an in-run around the wage uh, and labor laws. Yeah. Because if this is just the in-run around the laws. The courts are going to sniff that out as well. Right. And so the test is is a the, the test of employment under the FLSA is one of economic reality. So what do you think? These 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 athletes, they're not really hired. They're not really fired, or or maybe mm. they are. I don't know. What are your thoughts?
1: So. When the NCAA was founded, right, the argument could be made at the founding of the NCAA that these were volunteers, right? Anybody could play, you know, Let's going on. But my buddy is a recruiter at an unnamed university. Roll Tide. He, um, at this unnamed university, gets paid well into seven figures to go to kids' houses and recruit them by making all sorts of promises, right? You'll get housing, you'll get playtime, you'll get national airtime. There's NIL contracts now. You'll be supported by the school. You won't have to work. We'll be able to provide you with all these things. You'll go to class, but your classes will be like weight management and pro football and things to that effect. So he goes in there with his script and he recruits these people. And what happens if that kid does not perform at the way that they felt he should? He gets benched at the national championship game, and then he goes over to Oklahoma and becomes the sixth-round draft pick for the Philadelphia Eagles. You you cannot make a valid argument, look me dead in the eye, and saying that when Jalen Hurts was sat in a national championship game and Tua was put into play, that that was not a firing. Because that is exactly what it was. It was that that Saban did not have faith in his play, but fired him.
0: Right, right. But the, is this this isn't really an in run around the the wage right. laws, or, or or is it? Because we do know under the antitrust laws, they have these laws. We believe as a way to avoid paying the players, because that's why they like amateurism is right. they don't have to pay the workforce. And so,
1: but also, why this the, be an in run
0: around the the laws?
1: Well, that's what I think. What Kavanaugh was alluding to in his his past decision that allowed for NIL to happen. Right when the NCAA went in front of the Supreme Court last time and Kavanaugh and Gorsuch and the conservative court was like, ah, no, 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 no. These are these are people that you're working around. And and unless you figure something out, we're going to have to make some changes around here. And they haven't figured anything out yet. Nothing's changed except for NIL. So this suit, I think, brings brings precedent to it.
0: For the record, I believe the 11th Circuit and the 9th Circuit have already spoken on this issue, and both of the, those circuits have said that they are not employees. Uh, the mm-hmm. Athletes at a school are not employees. A lot has happened since 2019. Uh, yeah. Most importantly, the Supreme Court issued its ruling in NCAA v. Alston. So yeah. now I think people are starting to see these athletes in a different light. They're starting to see the NCAA in a different light. Yep. Uh, and so now we have this lawsuit in the 3rd Circuit. If they rule that they are not athletes, athletes or are they they are employees then maybe the supreme court will then take up this case and decide it once and for all and maybe this is i I hate to say that washington should ever fix anything but maybe washington needs to step up and fix this Mm -hmm. Uh, because i do think that this whole antitrust issue amateurism issue here you got you know college sports which just does not does not seem to fit into into the laws that that well so maybe it's time they can right. actually pass some legislation and fix this.
1: Why did why did the schools jump conferences?
0: Because you get to more money. More money.
1: More money in the Big Ten than you do in the Pac 12. That's right. Right? Why did why did BYU join a conference? You get more money. So you can't tell me that it is not economically feasible to pay these people when you're getting more and more money. And I was talking to a buddy of mine today, and his daughter runs for Boise State. And boise states all other all other sports programs are supported by the football program the boise state football program is the main revenue generator for the entire sporting program and so i understand that football programs at many schools are the main source of income for all their ncaa programs there would not be they're not be out there but man we're still paying asu is still paying three coaches ago's salary right 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 and so right. we have we're literally paying at this point four head coaches salary wow to coach our football team right and we're not hurting at, at any measure
0: so yeah it does seem like um there's money This big business and whenever right. you have a big business usually your employees are, are working the business so that's right. That, that seems to fit. This is an employer-employee model. Uh, you're right. They they can get fired. They can say, "Hey, look, you didn't perform that well. We're going to yank your scholarship." So they, in that sense, they can get fired. Mm-hmm. Um, Interesting case. We'll have to, to follow this one. Hey, I found another interesting legal matter this last week, Chris. Uh, this one involved this, this person who was accused of drug trafficking. And so this person was ch- charged with trafficking 28.5 kilos of cocaine. It's a violation of obviously federal drug laws. Mm-hmm. And, and so a judge here for the Southern District of Texas. Um, found this person guilty of, you know, of, um, trafficking with drugs. So issued a very interesting sentence. And Chris, I want to get your thoughts as to this sentence. Now, I know you work for law school, so you probably got to tread lightly here and how you respond, (laughs) but a part of this person's punishment for trafficking in drugs was to attend law school. I love this. What do you make of that? So, so now attending law school is the equivalent of a, of a penal punishment. I can't say anything. <laughs> Don't put anything, that Joel. in your marketing. I
1: can't. I can't say that. I can't. I can't, I can't say. No. I mean, I think it's. I. Mean, right. Part of it is like education is the way out of crime. Right. So let's so let's start there. Right. The more educated okay. you are, studies show that you're less likely to commit a crime. Okay, um,
0: that's where you want to go with this.
1: It's one of the ways I want to go to it. I also think that that this could be appealed under Sixth Amendment cruel and unusual punishment. Um, See, that's, that's, that's my take. Right. I think it totally could be there. And, and, and even and even like all joking aside, this is a very unusual punishment. You're going to force me to go into $150,000 worth of student loan debt, which I cannot discharge a bankruptcy because hey. you think that I should go to law school after trafficking in cocaine. I feel like I'm pretty entrepreneurial to begin with. Um, that's just not a good ROI.
0: Hey, Uncle Joe, Uncle Biden's taking care. Of. He's gonna hand out cash to everyone who wants to go to school. So that might not be that big of a deal.
1: Depending, but, I um, mean, that's only if you go to a public university, right? But what public university is gonna admit you? Like what? Like you're the cocaine, you're the cocaine girl of the Upper West Side, the cocaine queen of Queens, right? What? What public university? What PR? What? What rank climbing? You know, you're not gonna go to any of the the T twenty five schools. Like you're gonna well, end up going to like. I don't know, Omaha state or something where they don't know about you.
0: All right, Chris, you know, what I'm going to do right now. Since you mentioned this, I am going to go ahead during this podcast. I'm Googling right now, biggest partying schools and universities. All right. And we're going to see who comes up number one as the biggest party school. So who might be most likely to accept this person into their class? All right. Let's see who, who do we have as being the top party school in America? Do you want to take a guess? Is it Santa Barbara still? Do you see know. Santa we'll start, Barbara? it starting at 25. Why do you, this is always start at the, the, um, the very bottom? The 25. By the time I get to one, it usually sends me off with some other uh, thing here. Actually, Tulane University. Florida State is number two. Oh, wow. Wisconsin is number three. I had no I idea. That. There you go. So Tulane University, they can enroll in Tulane. They have a good law school right here. New Orleans. Yeah. Kind of works. Yeah. All sense. right. New Orleans
1: right. is quite the
0: quite the party town, right? We we talked about that last week. That's a great place to propose to people, It is. Uh, and it's also a great place to eat uh, at Dragos. And get your char grilled oysters on the half shell. All right, Chris, we gotta move on. We got a lot of stuff to uncover. I don't even go me get me down Ooh. that road of New Orleans. I have so many stories to tell you. I actually so did delicious. a bit last week at a comedy club involving New Orleans, and uh, it was a lot of fun. All right, next legal matter. I want to talk to you about because this is actually I don't even know where we want to go with this one. Michael Irvin, since we've been talking about football, and you and I don't really want to leave the football scene too quickly. So a lot of our legal stories here relate to, to yeah. football. But Michael Irvin was in your neck of the woods this last week. He's he there in Arizona for the Super Bowl. He's actually covering on behalf of the NFL Network. Well, he um was in his hotel, I believe it was the Renaissance in downtown yep. Phoenix, the Marriott Hotel, and the video. There was a video of, of this incident. He actually walked through the foyer there of the mm-hmm. the lobby of the hotel. Had an interaction with a hotel employee that lasted all of about forty five yeah, seconds. We don't know what was said, but we see the video of the mannerisms, and we know there was a handshake. There wasn't any kind of groping or, or anything like that. Just like big, you know, NFL star talking yep. to this, this staff to the staff for about yeah. forty five seconds. In the middle of the night, Michael Irvin is awakened. They are kicking him out of the hotel because of that interaction. He has no idea why they're kicking him out of the hotel Allegedly. Uh, And and so when they said it was because of you, some inappropriate thing you said to one of our staffers. uh, And so then the NFL Network then banned him from covering the the Super Bowl. So that's a huge. I mean, this guy is on the cusp of losing his livelihood over this, over this 45 second encounter. And so he files a 100 million dollar defamation lawsuit against both this employee and the Marriott uh, International, mm-hmm. and so again, there's so many different ways to unpack this this legal this this lawsuit. Chris, right. where do you want to start? Um, well, one, he also was
1: banned from all Marriott properties okay. throughout the world. So interesting that that caveat.
0: Um, I Do we agree not agree that if you are banned because of an alleged inappropriate sexual assault or whatever against a female staffer you're canceled you you will be canceled you will not be on the news you will not be on radio you will not be on tv whatever you will be canceled so yeah he's gonna it's gonna be hard to find a hotel room but this is this is a big deal this is big stuff
1: i i fully believe that if you are guilty of sexually assaulting a person you full-on deserve to be canceled right Right if you're if you are found, found guilty of sexual assault in any manner you are more than more than likely to be canceled and you should be. Right. Um from what the video shows again we weren't privy to the conversation right he could have been shaking her hand and saying completely inappropriate things at the same time you know um I don't think there's enough evidence yet. Like we're still and this is part of our problem with the media that we've talked about all this year. Like the Super Bowl was Four days ago. This incident happened five days ago. There was a $100 million suit filed yesterday. So between being evicted on Saturday to Wednesday, he had a $100 million lawsuit ready to file. Right. That, oh, and, and
0: he had to. I mean, I think right. he, I he think had his lawyers. Had you get going on this. My name is done. I am yeah, toast. From
1: here on out. Right. And And Michael Irvin has done a lot to rehabilitate his image since the 90s. Right, if you remember in the nineties while he was playing with the cowboys, there was issues and discussions about him and cocaine use, him and PEDs, him and being inappropriate towards his wife. There was some and, and I'm not and, saying all the, the cowboys. Right. That's that in itself means that there were so many jokes to be made that are inappropriate. Right. Um but he did a lot to rehabilitate his image. He, and he spent a lot of money and a lot of years rehabilitating his image. And so it's important to him that his – and and this is what also gives me pause is that he's – I mean, I remember Michael Irvin being, you know, when I was younger in the 90s when the Niners and the Cowboys were the biggest rivalry in the NFC. And every year it was either the Niners, the Cowboys, or the Packers in the NFC championship game. Like, there was a lot going on. And he, he did a ton right? An absolute truck ton to rehabilitate his image. So it is important to him that it stays as clean as he tried to get it to.
0: So what's going to happen with this lawsuit? Because we, we know that the entirety of this legal matter is 45 seconds. We have video so we know there was no groping, nothing like that. It's just like whatever he said to her. Now, right. his credit or detriment, I don't know which way this cuts. He has no idea. He doesn't remember. Now, it could be he doesn't remember because it was just not that important. It's like, hey, can I have your autograph, Mr. Irving? You know, he yeah. did great for the Cowboys. So it's just so normal stuff that he's used to. He doesn't remember anything out of the ordinary or... Or is it that he um, had something to drink that evening, and maybe was a little fresh? Maybe right. didn't remember what. I don't know. But I'm just trying to think about how this lawsuit will actually play out. You, you can't get more he said, she said than this. When we know it's a he said, she said, because we have the video, right. and there's nothing else but what was said. Exactly. exactly.
1: And so that's what the case is going to have to turn around, right? What, what evidence each side is going to present, who's going to come across as more credible, and what's going on? Irvin is already lining up witnesses. The, in the article that I was reading on um, Yahoo Sports, he already has four or five guys that were like, that's weird. Like, you know, people bought him a drink, he walked across the lobby. He's, the, the talk was 30 seconds long. I don't know what he said. And I'm not saying that in 30 seconds you could completely sexually harass or assault somebody because that's totally 100% possible.
0: Right. Um, But if you're going to try to convince a jury mm -hmm. that what you said was so horrendous that you should be canceled, would would a jury really buy that you could ratchet up a conversation in 30 seconds? Maybe this is a world that I'm not used to, but I just don't understand how a rational mind would see, oh, yeah, you go from zero to Whatever our imagination, of course, yeah. could run wild here as to what he could have right. said that would lead him to be yanked out of his room in the middle of the right. night. I, I, I don't even know right. what he could right. have said to be yanked out in the middle of the night, but whatever. Right. Um, yeah, could you go from zero to that in 45 seconds? Would
1: a jury buy that? I don't know. I mean, when I see my wife, I can go from, from zero to like six seconds into pure. No, old...
0: you're not. You I have a history there. I. <laughs> Exactly. you had New Orleans in your background, so your, anything's right. fair game for you,
1: and that's right. But yeah, I don't know. I, I and I, it, right, we shouldn't joke about it, it could be, it could have happened, right? It's true, we can joke
0: about it, you and your wife. You see how we did that? We joked about yeah. you and your wife.
1: That's right. fair game, that is fair game. But my, my marriage game. is a joke, so that is fair game, like, <laughs> um, but I don't know, like, and I don't want to say, like, automatically, you know, I believe women nine times out of ten when when they've been sexually harassed it's it's difficult at this point it's four days removed it's and you 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 don't have her side of the story you don't have what the Marriott's internal investigation was because it wasn't they didn't throw them out immediately like it was the middle of the night so she went back and she talked to people and things got reported and decisions were made and I'm sure the Marriott did not just go all right just chuck michael irvin out they probably called headquarters they probably called legal they probably called air like what do we do you know this is and it's a big time event right it's super bowl weekend like he's a super bowl champion what there was probably a lot a lot a lot of people involved in that decision to to 86 him out of the hotel
0: let's focus on that focus on what his motive would have might have been right what would be her motive i mean she's gonna make this up why right. would she do that? No employee would make this up, and I'm going to just—I'm going to make a lot of assumptions here. Right. But I'm going to assume she's highly believable because their entire legal staff said, because of what you said, we're going to go pull this guy out. So if they had an employee file saying, "Oh, we don't trust this person; they're, they're kind of crazy, right. make up stories," they wouldn't then act based upon that. So right. in other words, they thought she was so credible that we don't even need to hear this guy's side of the story. Really, we're yanking him out. So right. I don't this is amazing to me. I don't even know where, where we go.
1: Right. I just you gotta let the, the investigation play out, right? Because the Super Bowl weekend. Like you're 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 doing everything you can to maintain your good name as the Renaissance. Right. So, so
0: let's let's play now, a little bit of lawyer here, since we we are lawyers here, and we have this okay. lawsuit, and we we know why Michael Irvin had to file it so quickly. Because if he didn't find file, not file this quickly, he would be canceled, and so he right. had to do this, Uh the kind of at least in the public's eyes, say, hey, look, there's two sides of the story, and I feel like this is so bad, I'm I'm asking for one hundred million dollars. Which, do right. you non-lawyers listening. You don't have to ask for an amount of money like that in your lawsuit. If you do, you're you're only putting in $100 because you want the press to report. It's not like that plays in with the jury, right? You still got to prove your damages to a jury. So you don't have to actually put that amount in your complaint. So hold on real quick, Joel. One thing I was thinking of, I didn't hear about this lawsuit, or I didn't hear about this incident
1: until Michael filed the lawsuit. Interesting. And And I'm four blocks from the Renaissance. Right. I'm down here. Like I like it was a non-starter. Any And and I guess because I'm not paying attention to the fact that Michael Irvin wasn't there on the NFL network because I don't watch the NFL network. Right. Right. Um, Right. But and I didn't see an NFL, you know, with all the press releases that come out around Super Bowl, that one could have slipped through everything. So I did not know that this incident occurred until I saw the headline of Michael Irvin suing the Marriott for one hundred
0: million dollars. Interesting. And so, yeah, I actually had heard about it, but you're right. That is, uh, by him filing the lawsuit, you definitely got a lot more air and life. But, of course, the most important audience here would be the NFL Network because that's his yes. employer. And so once if they fired him for this reason... Pretty much no one else is going to hire him. And so right. um, from that perspective, I see legally why he had to do it. Now, I also think that Marriott is going to be the one on the hooks here. Clearly, this this lady, I'm, again, mm-hmm. this is an assumption I probably shouldn't make, but she's not going to have $100 million. Yeah. I'm just thinking if I had $100 million, I'm not working at the Marriott. Maybe her last name is Hilton, first name Paris. I don't know. Yeah. Outside of that, um, they brought on the Marriott because they have the bags, the money, mm-hmm. and they're the one that ripped him out of the room in the middle of the night, so they did have some involvement here, uh, and it was a kind of a corporate decision to do that. I, I don't know. If I'm the legal counsel for Marriott, and I know absolutely this is a he-said-she-said said ordeal, and you know the jury, anything's possible when you put right. this in front of the jury. It's just, yeah. it is, and I don't see how this would possibly die before there because it's uh, going to be Totally. What do the, what do you you believe? Who do right. you believe they're going to want to settle this case? 100%. Is that a good idea? Or do you got to, you got to run this one to trial?
1: I mean, cost wise, sorry. What's the ROI, right? The, the Marriott's not out anything, right? They may be out $2 million when they settle this case. How much are they going to pay their lawyers to defend this case? Right, right. How much staff time? How much legal time? Marriott can take it on the mouth, right? Nobody's gonna, you're not gonna stop saying it. The Marriott New Orleans, because the Marriott Renaissance Phoenix dicked, you know, Michael Irvin out of, you know, a Super Bowl commentating position. You're not gonna care, right? I don't think the Marriott loses anything by settling this case. Michael Irvin has to take this case to trial to not get canceled.
0: And I, I, th- I think Michael Irvin might be better off. Um... If there's just simply a settlement, a confidential settlement where they, they pay him even five bucks, as long as it's confidential and can't be leaked.
1: And then they apologize. Pay him
0: something significant, you know, Something like that, the terms are confidential, maybe that's enough for him to move on with his life. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I do think Marriott's in a tough situation from my perspective, because they did believe this person. And so for them now to cut bait and go the other direction because they're afraid, that's not gonna look so well from that perspective as well. But hey, Chris, we just gotta commentate on it from the sidelines. We don't actually get to have to make these uh, these tough calls. All right, let's end here with this story, which I find this next story to be very concerning, illuminating, and um, well. Here's what it is: This person, this couple went to Starbucks. Yeah. Are you a Starbucks fan?
1: No, I am not. I don't drink coffee at all.
0: Hey, you know what? They actually have non coffee products at Starbucks as well. But you're, you're not. You, but you don't even go there for the non coffee.
1: No. No. I took
0: my son. I took my son to Starbucks. I'm a huge Starbucks fan. Good for and, you. Um, and he goes, I like to have um, a frappuccino, but can you make sure there's no coffee in it? So you want a vanilla shake? Then is that what you're telling That's me? Exactly. You want what a you vanilla want, yes. shake. Yes. Yeah. There Whatever. you go. Whatever. All right. So you've heard, I assume, that the issue with Starbucks is twofold. One, they can't get your name right on the cup for some reason, and then number two. They charge a lot. You take out a third mortgage to f- afford a cup of coffee. Have you heard those two things about Starbucks? Yes. Well, this couple yes. from Oklahoma, they claimed they were charged nearly four thousand five hundred dollars for two cups of coffee. I am staying out of your your neighborhood, man. If you think that's even in the realm of being reasonable, I can't afford your neighborhood. That is insane. for sure. Uh, and so I don't, I don't even know where to go with this. The first thought is, do you, Chris, look at your receipts?
1: No, but I also I don't. don't have five grand just sitting in my bank account in my checking account right now. <laughs>
0: Who looks at the receipts? I got to tell you, I don't know when the last time I ever looked at a receipt was. You just crumble them up or you say this, no, I don't even need a receipt. Right. What? So now you can't even verify that they didn't put a $5,000 tip on your receipt?
1: Hey, man, that's what you get. The assumption of risk. Assumption of risk.
0: All I'm hoping is after they left a $4,444 tip, I hope they got his name right on his cup. Please, at least for that amount of money, please, I hope, they can get your name right. All right, you know what? Uh, Have a great week, Chris, and uh, continue celebrating (laughs) the great cheese victory, and we'll see you next week. We'll see you next week, Joe. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a five star review. We need your love to help us continue highlighting the funnier side of the law. I wanna give a special shout out to our Vice President of Operations, Wendy Oster, without whom this entire operation would be a complete and utter mess. Sean Wynn and 15 Five Features for making me sound way better than I actually do. Brooke Bolin for our marketing efforts and Ryan Coon and Paul Coon